Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I got to tell you, people, it's the new year, but I still have that great sponsor, uh, Blowfish for Hangovers. And I'm going to tell you, with the football season coming up, and you're watching the games and like the playoffs and you're drinking, and with the bad cold weather back east when you're not leaving your house and you're drinking, you have to worry about a hangover. So here's what you do. You get the Blowfish for Hangovers. It's great. You get two tablets, you drop them in water, and in no time your hangover is gone. And the thing is, Blowfish is real medicine, and it's recognized by the FDA as effective, and it comes with a money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose there. So what you do is, with the new year, don't be hungover. Don't ruin your new year by having hangovers. It's no good being hungover. Get the Blowfish with a money-back guarantee, and go to their website, 4hangovers.com. 4hangovers.com. Go there, and if you put Cooper in, Cooper, when you check out, you get 20% off your order. So anyway, it's the new year, and this is my... uh, this is my first recording of the new year, which is funny because my guest was has always been on for the last four or five years since the very beginning of Cooper Talk, and I couldn't bring her on last week because we were scheduled, and I had the worst cold, and I don't want to be coughing and hacking, and you know, and Joanna would be yelling at me to stop talking. So my guest is Wendy Liebman. How you doing, Wendy? <laughs> don't sneeze on me. We got to watch that. I might. I'm actually. I'm better now. I was very sick when you caught. I don't know what it is. A lot of people were sick. Did it go around your house at all? Did anyone get sick in the uh, in in the household? Yes, everybody got sick. Um, I got sick, but I got sick in a different way. I got. Um, I just got tired of the holidays. <laughs> uh, but everybody in the house got sick. But I've been drinking kombucha, so I'm attributing my well-being to the, the good bacteria that my husband says looks like snot hey, well, you know, <laughs> kombucha. Do you drink kombucha? I don't. I know Joanne has gotten it at the farmer's market. I see. I, I'm I'm on the same page as Jeffrey. I don't. I don't. I don't. It doesn't look attractive. It's like it's like aloe water. Have you ever drank an aloe water? Aloe water scares me. There's stuff like floating around. It's in like it. goopy. Yeah, it's. Dis- I know. It's disgusting. But um, I think I just got sick because I've been um, eating my own cooking. And <laughs> that's always a problem. <laughs> but I want to get that blowfish for hangovers thing that you were just talking about. Well, it's 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 a proven effective medicine, and uh, and it's it's very good. And if you if you but you're not a really a drinker. I don't see you as a drinker. No, but I thought maybe it would just pet me up anyway. That that's always good. So so I got to ask you. Right. You know I I, okay. I follow you on Facebook, and who designed that that when you post your jokes, which are always so funny, who designed that blurb? It's like that comic book thing. Like, where did you get that? Is that right. a, is, is that a Wendy Lehman original? Is that is that what it is? Oh my God! I'm giving away trade secrets now, Steve Cooper. Well, you know it's a new year. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because I decided I was going to put my jokes on out in social media now, but to quote myself, like so at the end I put my name just so that if somebody's thinking of retweeting it, they know it's mine. So. So simple, and I'm giving away a trade secret. There's an app called Word Swag, and I'm not getting paid. I found it randomly. I couldn't even tell you how I found it. But 
so wonderful. You can create, you can use any picture. You can use a picture you took or you can use a picture from the internet. You can put a quotation on it and you have like a million different fonts. And so I picked that one um, picture that they supplied, which is like the cartoon bubble, the comic strip bubble, or like a um, superpower, you know, a thought bubble. And I picked one font, and yeah, I've just been posting my jokes. And I want to turn it into a book, but can you make money writing a book in Well, you know, I, I have that cookbook, PeopleStopTheSalt.com, which I probably made about $70 off. So, you know, it, it's it's weird, but I think... Hey, $70. Hey, it's funny as though I tell everyone, I say, go to the website and buy my book. You can get it at Amazon or you can buy my website. If you buy my website, I make more money. So yesterday, I get an, a message on Facebook from a guy I used to do comedy with in Philadelphia. He goes, hey, Steve, look what came to my doorstep today. And it's my book, but he bought it through Amazon. And I wanted to say, dude, I would have made... Twice as much if you bought it from me, and I would have autographed it. Not that my autograph means anything, but it's just nice to have a personal signature to it. Sure, right, signed by the author. <clears throat> now, now, have you? Maybe you could correct some of the recipes. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 there are very good recipes made up by myself. I know. Well, you you put them online all the time, so I'm thinking seventy dollars you made from the book. That's like thirty five meals. Exactly. That's true. Now, now. In Steve Cooper land. I know. It oh, is. I'm I'm always appreciative that you put like you take a picture of what you ate or about to eat. No, not what you ate, but what you're about to eat, what you just cooked, and you say how much it costs and how cheaply you can eat healthfully, right? Yeah, and it's true because, you know, it's funny because when I went to my health problem, your husband was the one who said, you need to go to the doctor. And then that's how all my whole fiasco started. So, Which I went, is so I, ironic. Yeah, because... That's so ironic because it takes me like an oxen right. <laughs> to get him to go to a doctor. But, you know, you were really sick that day, so he was being a friend. He was being very nice. And then I went and my doctor misdiagnosed me and I probably flew around the country with a, having a heart attack for a month. But I'm healthy now and it works <gasps> out. So anyway, enough. What do you mean you flew around with a heart attack? Okay. What here, does that mean? Here's what happened. Okay. I'll, I'll tell the story. Because Wendy, you know, me and you, whenever you're a guest, we just talk. You know, we don't, you know, you've been on so many times. It's, it's like talking with a friend. I go to the, I, I, I was, it's when I was flying back to see Joanne. I had a cold. I had a bad cold, so I was taking that over-the-counter antihistamine stuff. Well, all I know is I got these bad chest pains, and I thought I was having an anxiety attack. And they always say, grab a paper bag when you have an anxiety attack. Well, I didn't have any paper bags. I had the big Trader Joe's bag, but I can't blow into that because it's bigger than my head. (laughs) So I, I find on the table, I find I had Lay's barbecue bag. So I started... Inhaling that, and all the barbecue dust went down my throat. So all I know is, I think I passed out. I woke up. I looked at the clock, and I always I would leave real early because I would fly out of LAX really early. And I missed my shuttle, and I felt awful. But then I flew to see Joanne, and for a month I walked around, and I was sitting there. I met her for dinner. I could barely eat. I was I couldn't get out of I couldn't get out of bed. 
And then I flew back. And even the old lady in the airplane goes, you know, you don't look that well. Do you want some aspirin? So I took, I took some aspirin and I came back and I think that's when I saw your husband and he yeah. said, you got to go to the doctor because I could barely make it through the interview with him. And so I went to the doctor and the guy said I had a respiratory infection. Well, the thing is, it wasn't a, re- and so he gave me, kept, I kept going back. I went back like three times. I said, something's not getting better. So he's giving me vitamin B12 shots. So finally, I went back for a chest x-ray after all the times. And then that Sunday, my ankles were swollen. I couldn't move. I went to the hospital. I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Well, when I was in the hospital, my, my cardiologist, Dr. Dan, said, hey, have you ever had a heart attack because your heart is damaged? And I was thinking, I must have had a heart attack a month ago and flown around. Same thing happened to Lou DiMaggio. Lou DiMaggio had a heart attack in Vegas, and he walked around for like a week or two. So you just never knew you had a heart I may have not have had one. I may have not had one, but it it looks the signs like I probably did. But right. Um, Did you feel pain in your left arm? And no, I just I felt like this chest pain, and then I, you know, you know how it is. Like I know when your when your husband was sick, it takes us a lot for us to go to the hospital. We don't want to go. It all comes down to, to. Pay the chips. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it was. Don't it was, eat the chips. Don't, don't inhale. Don't inhale barbecue. Don't inhale. Yeah. So, but no, that was so. That's what happened. But yeah, so that's. I what, read yesterday that you can um, uh, cook chickpeas and they get really crunchy. Oh, supposed to be delicious. Like we, a healthy alternative for snacking. Because right now I've been binging a lot of TV. I don't know about you. I've been watching a lot of TV over the holidays, and um, but I'm also binge eating, right. so that's not good. So yeah. um, I love the holidays. By the way, I just finished all of my holiday shopping. Yeah, for presents. <laughs> I'm a little late. Yeah, you're missing out. But um, you know, they say it's the thought that counts. So I've just been thinking about what to get everybody. That's there you go. Uh, I'm just doing jokes for you, Steve Cooper. I know, and I like your jokes. But I got to tell you about the chickpeas. I have done the chickpeas. I have done. Is it good? Yeah, here's what good? you do. Yeah, you get them, and I I got the uh, the Ralph's organic for a buck a can. They're low sodium. The uh, they're called the Simple Truth or something like that. And you get them, right? And you you toss them in olive oil. You put a little black pepper on, and then you just put them on a pan. And I forget what you t- cook them for. But you just let them cook, and then every once in a while, you shake the pan. So you really feel like a chef because you're shaking the pan, and you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> and you put where are the mitts? You're doing that, yeah. I'm actually acting like I'm That's shaking right. the pan right now as we talk. If we were in studio, you, you would actually think that I was shaking a pan, an invisible pan. But So, yeah, and they come out. I would put cayenne pepper on. Very that good. good to me. And cayenne is very right? good for you. Yes. You should make them. So, can I just tell you what I just did? I've been cleaning my house over the holly, over the holidays. I, <laughs> did you see that they changed the Hollywood sign to Hollyweed? Yes. <laughs> well, I'll talk about smoke and mirrors. But um, I have been going through my mail, and in my mail, I found a bill for. I guess I was driving on a certain highway to go down to like Irvine. And you're supposed to copy down the toll 
you're supposed to copy down a website while you're driving. There's a big sign. They don't have the toll booths anymore. They, you just have to mail it in. You just have to like go, first you have to go online. I guess you can pay online. But they sent me a letter. They got a picture of my license plate. And they sent me a letter and told me how much I owe them. Have you ever heard of this? No, I, I, I think that's a scam. I can't see, you know, I can't see. No, that. it's not. So they're sending you a letter because you didn't pay a toll? Yeah, like you can apply for a fast pass, which I guess they have in a lot of states, where you just um, have something on your windshield and it's like a barcode. And so it automatically sends you a bill or deducts from an account you already have existing. But um, I don't have that because I don't drive on this highway a lot. I was just going to a gig. I was going to a gig at a country club. And it was so much fun. I found my demographic. <laughs> I really found my demographic. It's like a retirement community. And we had so much fun. Now, you've been performing have a lot have, more, haven't you? I've been performing a lot, but I also have been focusing on, um, I host my own show, as you know, in Studio City. You have yet to do it, but you are on my list. I'm telling you, I'm getting a little, as funny as I actually, I was doing a background gig for to bring in a little extra cash, and I ran into the waitress who works the gig, Eliza. Right. Who works. You're, and she told me. See that? And did she say you should have Steve Cooper on? Because he's, I'll, I'll talk about yes, I'm going cooking to. chickpeas. I do a whole bit on chickpeas. I'm telling you, <laughs> I close with the chickpeas. I think in, you know, there might be a guy do in you? Tulsa, Oklahoma, that does a better chickpea bit than me. But besides that, I probably do the best, most yeah. original chickpea comedy. Do you do any comedy about tiny houses? No. You well, know those tiny houses? They have them on um, the HGTV channel where they show, like, people are looking for houses, but they want to. I guess they don't want to clean that much. Yeah. <coughs> See, that's funny. I guess it's like, <laughs> it's like a hugging machine. It's like living in your panic room. It's That's true. Now, now you said you were, you were watching a lot of TV. You've been binge-watching. Binge. What, now, what is what, what has been on the Wendy Lehman watch list? Like, what have, what have you watched and what would you suggest? Because right now, I, I am, I'm not caught up on anything. Joanne Binns watches. She, she was, did regular background on Good Girls Revolt, so she watched that. And she was always looking. She might look at the, uh, what's that one? Not the Queen, the Charm. No, the one with the... Oh, the Crown. Yeah, have you watched that? That was excellent. I enjoy that. Now what else? What else are you watching? Looked like my mother when my mother was in her thirties. And your mother's a, your mother's a great drummer. If people, if you see, and people can find <laughs> is, is your is your special on Netflix? Where can people find that? It's on Amazon. It's called Wendy Weaveman Taller on TV. And my husband had the grand idea of having my mother wheeled out on a drum set in the middle of my act because that is that sums me up. That's why I'm a comedian. And, well, but not that only, but pretty much. Tell my, tell my listeners, I, why did you get into comedy? 
how how did it happen? Just because if people haven't heard you before, they don't they'll know how did Wendy how did the Wendy Liebman become a comic? And you're a comic dynamo, as my friend Jeff Martyr always says, she's one of the top five ever. And that's Jeff, and and you know you work with Jeff, and you, and you told me the story. Oh. He gave you skittles. But how did you get into comedy? Mike and Ike. Mike and Ike. Okay. How did I get into stand-up? Um, I was always in the plays in, in uh, like, camp and then school and college. And in college, like, I was Eliza and My Fair Lady in high school and Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz in camp. And in college, I was in a, a play called Uncommon Women and Others. And it's about, um, like, six women who come back to a college reunion and I had all the funny lines at the end of the scenes and it was the first time I got laughs and it was sort of addicting so then I thought okay I was going to be a psychologist but I thought I should take a night class Um, maybe I'll take an acting class so I signed up for the acting class at the Cambridge Center for Adult Education and the teacher after the first class so they were like, well, I'll take a different class. You can just take a different class. And I saw how to be a stand-up comedian, and I just, you know when something resonates for you. It just was like eureka. And my teacher was a guy named Ron Lynch, and he's still a stand-up, and he's been on, like, the Sarah Silverman program, and he's one of, one of the voices sometimes, I think, on Bob's Burger. He's been on Cooper Talk. On Cooper Talk, and he does his show at the Valen Theater every Saturday night at midnight. He's just hilarious. Anyway, he was my teacher, and not that you could teach somebody to be funny, but it was a supportive environment, and people were really cool, and we got together, and then we went over to Grendel's and had beer. (laughs) So from there, I just started doing stand-up a lot, and... You know, sometimes you do something for 30 years and you have no idea why. Do you you ever think... I'm being funny. I know, but I'm saying, but did you ever think when you started, when you started out that comedy class, did you think that the places that it's comedy is taking you and the exposure you've gotten and you've done all the shows and you, you know, perform all the time, you have a huge fan base... Did you ever think, I mean, I mean, when we think back about that, did you ever think when you first took that stand-up class, did you ever think that you could sit there and look back and go, holy crap, man, I've had a kick-ass career? Or do you just think, I'm going to see where this takes me? Well, I, I feel like, um, <clears throat> well, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I'm a work in progress, and I've done 30 years of stand-up, and I... I love producing this show in Studio City. It's called Locally Grown Comedy. And I get to, like, have eight comedians for the audience. Of a, the audience is, like, 100 people. Um, and it's usually sold out. It's really intimate. And people come back again and again a month. So it's like a community. So not only are the comedians locally grown, but the audience, people meet each other. And it's been just sort of a, a lovely experience. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm also I'm like writing a play. I probably was writing it for the past 
few times you interviewed me, but I really am using my stand-up knowledge to write this musical about stand-up comedy. So, you know, life has a life of its own, I guess. <laughs> like, who knew that it, 30 years ago, like, who knew that I'd be talking to Steve Cooper from my bedroom? Exactly, and I'm in my, I'm in the, uh, in my, right next to my kitchen, and I guess the, we... I'm not in my PJs, though. That's, you know, it's, uh, it's all right, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, I'm, I'm But I'm not wearing a bra. Well, there you go, see that, that's, uh, people, so now you have a visual. She's not in PJs. That could be dangerous. She's not in PJs, but she's not wearing a bra, but she's in her bedroom. But is JJ there? JJ is, is, for me. Yes, all curled up, cozy as a bug in a rug. Now, people, if you don't, if you don't, the funny, JJ is my dog. Yeah, JJ's a by dog. The way. And, and now, <laughs> now, how did how did you meet JJ? And and what started with the J the what it's the JJ moment of the day? People, every day she posts a picture of JJ. JJ and and JJ is is a cute dog. I'm gonna tell you, the dog, this good looking dog. It's and you know, thank God because every day I see that picture. Thank if it was you. if it was an ugly dog, I'd be like. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should just uh, not even scroll down the feed because that JJ is JJ is just not that not not that good looking. How did you how did JJ come into your life, and what made you decide to start doing so, the JJ moment? We had PTSD from a car accident that we were in in 2013. So we had just lost a dog um, a year before that, but we hadn't gotten another dog because we weren't ready yet. We had. Okay, we had Miko at home. Miko was five, but we were going to get a second dog. So we had this PTSD, and my husband was walking by this pet adoption, and he called me. He said, the dog that we see all the time at this pet adoption just sat on my foot. And I love this little dog. This little dog was this, like, white, little, pointy nose, short-haired, maybe 12-pound dog. So I said, don't bring it home. Just let's think about it. Let me come, let me come see it. <laughs> let me come over. So I go over to the pet adoption, and the dog looks nothing like the dog that we've been looking at. <laughs> it's a totally different dog. It's like a poodle, and it's a poodle Bichon. Anyway, this dog is JJ, and he was sitting on Jeff's foot, and we just fell in love with him, and he's been like a therapy dog. Although he's very expensive, um, two twenty for fifty minutes. I'm making a joke. I'm making I know. A joke. I'm laughing. I just, I, but, when, um, I la- when I laugh, my he, throat gets a little. You know, it's very corny. They say that your therapy, that your rescue dog, really rescues you, but it really did. So I would encourage anybody to get a dog and a rescue dog if they can. It's a lot of work, though. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It's hard work? He's funny, though, because he's very, um, he's careful when he marks his territory. You know how dogs mark their territories? Right. So What? No, so th- does, does, does he have a Twitter account? Oh, I lost you. Do you have me? I lost you. Can you hear me? I have you back. Okay. He doesn't have his own Twitter account. You should get, because I, I follow, I started following... Uh, a Twitter account called Cooper the Cat just because I was like hey there's a cat with my name and uh, so you should get uh, JJ and you should put 
dog. You should write dog jokes. Like, like so, like, JJ can say, like, tell a joke, and then it can say rough. And it could, I'm telling you, it'd be a big, it'd be a big following. <laughs> I should, actually. But you asked how I came up with today's JJ moment. Well, I actually don't post it every day. I just say today's JJ moment. And it might be three or four times a week whenever I have a picture of him. But I was following, or I follow Craig Bianco, um, the actor. And he has his daily moment with Boo, his dog. So I kind of borrowed the idea. But I don't do it every day. Well, it's good stuff because we uh, like. But you can unfriend me if you want. No, I know, I no. I'm just saying. I'm glad JJ is a good-looking <laughs> dog. Thank you. Because you know, I would, I would hate. I mean, all dogs are pretty good. But there's not really many ugly dogs. He's adorable. He needs to lose a little weight. And how, how's he going to do that? No, there is actually a contest for the ugliest dog. They do it every year. And that's that's just mean. That's like that's like that dog probably has like low self esteem. You know, I can't hear you. You can't hear me. No, it's in and out. Um, do you want me to call you back real quick? Now I can hear you. You can hear so me now. I can hear you. Okay, that's weird. We're having a wonky connection. Oh, yeah. it, it might be the weather out. It's very ugly out. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, I'll call you one second. See, people, we're, we're going we're gonna to call Wendy back because for some reason we're having technical difficulties, which is weird because I never have that. <laughs> but here we go. That's the ringing. Hear that? Boop, boop, boop. Hi. Can, can you hear me now? I can. Okay. That's weird. I, I'm telling you something. I guess the, the studio gods are mad that I'm no longer in a studio because you're used to the Wendy Liebman coming into the studio. And last time, <laughs> you, you brought your stepson. Now, how's his guitar music? How's his guitar playing going? He's doing great, Alex Sherman. He's uh, playing. He has a show on January 7th. Um, I'll let you know where it is in Hollywood somewhere. So he's doing amazing. He um, he has his original music. Nick Harcourt played it on KCSN, and I'm very proud of him. So, yes. And, and he's the musical director at your locally grown comedy. He plays for about 15 or 20 minutes before my show uh, once a month at Locally Grown. So, yeah, you'll get to hear him there, Alex Sherman. He's adorable. I'm a little biased because he's my stepson, but he's fantastic. Now, what made you, what made, what made you decide to start doing your own show? For someone who's done comedy for so long and been booked and gone through you know, shows, was it something that you decided it would be something fun or cathartic or you wanted to have a venue where you could see old friends or how did you start this whole locally grown comedy because usually you don't see someone who's established like you you know to take the time to give to the comedy community and I think it's great but usually you know people are too busy working on their own thing what what made you start doing it and then how you know and, and then how do you think 
you know, have you gotten some of the acts you've gotten? Because you've gotten some very big names in there. Well, I lived four blocks away, and I was thinking I really want to not get off the road, but work in town more. And a comedian named Ty Barnett had done comedy there a year beforehand and asked me to do one of the shows. And I didn't hear anything else about them doing comedy there. So I walked in one day and I just talked to the owners. And um, it turned out that they had transformed the room into like a real jazzy, like a jazz club upstairs. It's called the E-Spot Lounge. It was Sheila E's room for a year. And, um, but they were getting complaints from the neighbors that the music was too loud. So they soundproofed the room and so it's really intimate and just, just feels like a cool showroom. Um, but that still didn't fly with the neighbors. So they were looking for something that was not music to put up there. So we started this comedy show. And then I moved, of course, then I moved 20 miles away. But, um, so I can't walk to work. Right. Uh, it has been a really interesting foray because I I have put together shows before. I do a benefit every year for something called community work in Boston. And I do, um, like I recommend a lot of people for other shows. Or if I can't do something, I'll recommend somebody. So I have that inclination, I guess, but I've never produced a monthly show before. And what I found was comedians really want to work. Um, I don't pay a lot. I pay $20 to each comedian, but I have about eight comedians on the show. And um, I'm still not making a lot of money, <laughs> but I feel like it's not about the money right now. It's I've I love that there's a little community of comedians. It's eight people who might not normally have met each other. They hang out at the green room, and then the show's fantastic, and the audience is a little bit older. It's like our generation who want to have a good night out. The food is amazing. So you can have dinner and a show. It's not too expensive. And, uh, yeah, maybe get a few laughs, and hopefully you don't need the Heimlich. Exactly, yeah. And he died. The Heimlich guy died. That was very sad. I know. He died the other And the guy who, who uh, created the uh, plastic, invented the plastic cup, you know, those ones we had at keg parties, he died. The solo cup. Yeah, that's sad. That got me through college. And the guy who, who, who invented bubble wrap. He died? No, I don't know if that's true. I, I think no, that's, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. No, what I like about your locally grown show is, because I see the lineups, is, and, and I'm not being you know biased because you're a friend, but you you put a really solid lineup together, and it's in the valley. Like, you know, to get a lineup like that, you have to go down and deal with the hassle of going to the comedy store or the Laugh Factory, and nowadays, you don't even know what kind of show it's going to be at the comedy store. And, you know, so many other shows, <coughs> there's so many people you don't recognize but you, majority, have heavy hitters. And now, do people come to you to try to get booked, or you just sit there and go through your old comedy Rolodex and say, hey, I want this person, I want this person. How does that work? I um, send a telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said Rolodex is like, oh, 
Oh, yeah, oh, that's, um, a little bit of both to answer your question. At the beginning, I just put feelers out there and people wanted to do the show. Like John Mendoza came forward right away and I'm like, that's the coolest thing. I don't think, you know, I haven't seen him perform in town that often. So, um, and then I'll reach out to people. Like I will really people probably will never come do it, but I won't be surprised. Like George Lopez came down and then he brought Arsenio and Russell Peters and D.L. Hughley and Cedric the Entertainer. Are you kidding me? And then John Mulaney did it and Tate Mataro and Carol Leifer likes to come and Peter Melman who wrote on Seinfeld and last month Mike Scully came. He was uh, one of the producers of The Simpsons. And is now working on the Carmichael show. And it's just really cool. I have my friends like Brian Kiley and Jimmy Broken and Kathy Ladman and um, Steve Cooper. Well, you know, one day, you know, one day people, you know, that's, that was, that's my two, seven thousand, one of my 2017 uh, resolutions is one is I, to get away. Let me finish. You'll I like this. My one. My, okay, go ahead. My one is to be on your show. My other is to become a roadie for the Manhattan transfer. Those are the two things <laughs> I want to do this year. And and if I get them, my year I'm sitting there and that's that that be that be a wonderful year. And I want to become a notary public. So I I know people. I know people. I might be able to hook you up there. <laughs> I know I know that you know people in Boston, and I, I have to ask you about this. Didn't you perform at Dennis Leary's Big Thing just recently? I did. Now, tell, tell me about that. Was that the uh, comics come home? And tell me where it was, and just tell me what that must have been a feeling for you to be in like this kick-ass venue. How did that whole thing come about? And tell me, what, what exactly event was it? Well, Dennis Leary... Uh, I did my second paid gig in 1987 with Dennis Leary in Northampton, Massachusetts. Open, I opened for him. There were eight people there that were playing pool. But he still killed, and so you knew he was going to be a big star. Anyway, he started this uh, benefit, this annual benefit, for the Camille Foundation, which is the Cancer Foundation. It's a wonderful, it's a beautiful um, charity. Check it out online, Camille. And the benefit's called Comics Come Home, and it's people from who started in Boston um, who moved to L.A. or wherever. He started inviting them back, and it started at a small theater, and I did it like 20 years ago, and it was like in this little theater. So when he asked me to do it this year, which is like this is their 22nd year, it's the longest-running charity comedy show in the country, um, I was like, oh, okay, 450 people. It was 16,000 people. <laughs> it was at the Boston Garden. And I, I really... There were so many people in the audience. I've performed for 5,000 people a couple of times. but And it shouldn't matter, Steve, but there is just 
this, it's just overwhelming. Like, I didn't sleep that night afterwards. There's so much energy from the audience. But um, this year, I guess it got a little dicey because it was right after the election and and the comedians got very political and um, you know how the country might be divided, so was the Boston Garden. Okay. So it was like, yeah. Is that what you were going for? No, I was just wondering what happened. I wasn't going to, I was just wondering what happened as a comic, like you're performing in front of so many people and because your act, it's your act, you know, you, you your jokes are shorter and then there's a joke built into a joke. So that would, for me, think when you're performing in front of 16,000 people, the laugh time you get is much more than other people because you do a lot of jokes. And I was thinking, if you were doing, let's say, if you were planning to do 15 minutes or 20 minutes, how much of that ended up being material and how much ended up being laughs? Because, you know, 200 people laughing has a laugh it goes, it peaks, and it drops like a regular laugh. Seventeen thousand, it's a bellow. How do you how do you adjust your timing with a crowd like that? And when you do so many jokes, how do you sit there and actually? Did you feel yourself stepping on jokes because you wanted to get your jokes out? I mean, what is that like to perform in something that big? It got really quiet on stage. I, I mean, while I was saying the joke, so uh, I don't know if that made any sense. No, that makes but, sense. They, they were, they probably were, you were, they had your attention. You had their attention. Right. But, you know, comedy is like listening to the audience. That's half my job. So I just had to wait a little longer. And, um, yeah, I think next time I'll be more prepared. I should have walked out. Can I swear on your... Yeah, you can, you, can, you can say whatever you want. I should have walked out there and said, what was I thinking when I accepted this? <laughs> that would have killed. I know. Now, were you nervous? I, at least I probably look skinnier. <laughs> you, always, <clears throat> you always make fun of your weight. You're, you're, not, you're, not, a, you're not a big woman. You know, I was anorexic when I was younger. And so I think, and I don't have that mentality anymore. Uh, I don't want to starve myself. I don't want to, but I would like to be skinny. Or, and I'm not overweight. Well, I'm a little overweight, but I'm not going to kill myself to, to look like I used to. But yeah, I mean... I eat a lot of comfort food. And then I get really uncomfortable. <laughs> That's... But I am going to get a recumbent bike this year. That's My husband and I, we gave that to each other for the holidays. We haven't bought it yet. Okay, um, I don't, I don't want to sound stupid, but what, what is that? I have no idea what that is. Well, it's a stationary bicycle, but instead of it being like you're sitting high up and hunched over on the handlebars... You're more sitting back like a go-kart. Okay, I, I, use that, I use that at the gym once. Yeah, so it's like, because I like to work out in my sleep. <laughs> you can lie down, basically. 
<laughs> but I just thought it would be a really good exercise because I used to ride my bicycle every day and then I fell off of it once and broke my pelvis. So I can't do that anymore. Like I'm scared to get back on the bicycle. But I would I would not mind riding one at home while binge watching the OA or oh yeah, I was gonna tell you what shows we watch. We watched Ray Donovan, we watched Better Call Saul, um a show called Episodes with Matt LeBlanc. Love it. Love it. So funny. One of the, Oh my god. Okay. Kathleen Rose Perkins. We watch Red Oak. Red Oak? I don't know Red Oak. What's Red Oak? Red Oak. He's president of a country club and about a young kid. It's really sweet. And what were you going to say that you watched? No, I was going to say the OA or whatever. That's so you started watching that. I haven't seen that. And Stranger Things. Have you watched Stranger Things? Watched them both. And OA didn't end satisfyingly to me. But um, I was really wrapped up in it during it. What else did we watch? Um, Well, I like watching the cooking shows, actually. My husband's like, why? Because I don't cook, right? I'm like, I might learn something. (laughs) I also watch all the true crime shows. Oh, really? So I might learn something. Yeah. I I don't know why. I always say that about Dateline. I tell Joanne, I go, you know what? Watch it else. I might end up on a Dateline. Of course, on Dateline, the guy always <laughs> the guy always gets arrested. That's what cracks me up. These guys who like kill their loved ones, they're so smug and narcissistic that they actually think that they can beat, they can sit there, they think they're so smart that they think they can leave a receipt in Walmart two towns away and like DNA's not going to come back to them. I mean, they it's so funny. They think they're above the system. Like, Hey, yeah, you know what? I saw one where this guy like threw tacos away in his victim's uh, trash. Oh, well, no, the cops aren't going to find that and test everything. That's what amazes me when I watch them. These guys, they think they're so smart, but they're so damn stupid. No, it's just anything's traceable now. I mean, everything is recorded. I I feel safe and invaded at all times. (laughs) Because there's always a camp, there's footage of everything. And you know these guys who say they didn't realize their microphone was on? It's just assume it's on. If it's on, it's on. It's right? Oh yeah, it's true. It's like, you know, basically, you have to watch whatever you say now because the bottom line is social media and everything it's going to come back to bite you sometimes you know i always say you know like billy bush must be pissed off because trump's a president and he's like anchoring good good morning sacramento you know it's like his career flatlined but that came back from years ago and that now we're at in social media and everything you really have to watch what you say or things come back to you this is so weird. I was performing on stage, and I was in Long Island, which is where I'm from, but I was a couple of towns away, but I made a joke about my the house I grew up in. Um, it's, it's haunted because my parents still live there, 
But I gave the address. It was 110 Crescent Lane in Roslyn. I'm driving I'm driving back to where I was staying. I wasn't staying at that house because we don't own it anymore, actually. And the map said, this is how far, this is how long it'll take you to get to 110 Crescent Lane. Because I said it on stage. It it remembered it? Wait, how that how the how's that happened? It heard me say it. Your phone I, I was recording my set. Okay. My phone. Oh wow. See that's that did you did you go by and try to I know. go in? Oh no no, because no, I wasn't staying near there. But um it was just weird to me that because I said an address my phone assumed I wanted to go there. And, but I had no idea that it was listening, that my phone was listening. Like my um, parents gave us one of those Alexas, or it's an Echo Dot. Okay. So I guess basically you can just, it's this thing, this cylindrical thing that sits on the table, and I guess you can ask it questions. It's like instead of going to a library, you can just say, hey, uh, Echo. Um, what's the capital of Maine? And they'll look it up for you. Have you seen those? Yeah, and uh, they, they're they're weird. I always they irritate me because I I I think what you just said about the library, that's true. Like you know, we there's if you just ask everything, it's like too easy. You know, it's like I used to be the <laughs> I used to be the man when people needed a go to for who was the whole cast of Barney Miller. Well, you know what? Steve Cooper could say who the cast of Barney Miller was and get a free drink out of it. Now, people can just sit there and ask their phone or get one of those Echoes. I mean, and I'll tell you, he's really pissed off about the Echoes is the guy who uh, created the Magic 8-Ball because people don't buy them anymore because you don't need it. That's true. I think there'll always be a place in everybody's heart for the Magic 8-Ball. It was a wonderful thing. Now, talking about... Ask again later. Exactly. It's so funny. It was like, they were so, it's so vague. It's like that and the Ouija board. <laughs> now, now you've been, now, what's your performing schedule like now? I see you post, I know you've been, I think, believe in Minnesota. You've been, uh, I think you were in Florida. How do you choose what club you want to go to and when do you decide to go out? And because you can call the shots of when you want to get booked and where you want to get booked, do you decide sometimes like on the weather? Like, I mean, I can't see... I mean, when's the last time you played Minnesota? Would you go up to Minnesota in the winter? Well, I used to. I'll just go where I get booked. But I, the last three times I was in Minnesota before this recent time, it was two degrees out, and I would, would be crying by the time I got to the club. It was so cold. Like, I thought I could just walk there because it was not very far. But it was just, it was like Canada cold. That's how cold it was. It was freezing. So um, I think maybe I'll be a little more conscious of that in the future. <laughs> yes. But I get offers here and there, and I take what seems great. And um, then the rest of the time, I'll be here taking care of my, my baby, JJ. Now, I'm working on Locally Grown. Now, now, how is what is your writing process? Because you write so many jokes. Now, what we see on Facebook, when you post your jokes, 
Do you some do you sort of try that out sometimes as a buffer to think if you get a lot of likes, then you can try it on stage? What's your what's the 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 route a joke takes from Wendy Lehman's mind to ending up on stage? What's your process? It, it's funny because sometimes on Facebook and Twitter don't get laughs on stage. They're more things you think about or it might seem funny. Like last week I posted that this really happened. I was calling a friend and to wish her happy birthday and she wasn't home so I got her machine. She said, hi, this is so-and-so. And it was at that moment that I realized that I had been mispronouncing her name for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was a re- it was a funny post. People said that they laughed out loud, but I don't think I'm going to try it on stage. Why not? Like, that's, but that, that sounds like a Wendy Lehman joke. And I think because you must, you probably sit there and you think how you write. I, that's, now, that's, I, I didn't know it was a true story. I read it. I thought it was funny. I didn't know it was a true story. Well, I made I changed some of the the um, facts. Right, of course, we always do that. Like maybe it wasn't a girl. Right. Well, I I do the same thing. So I, I do the same thing when I say yeah. conversations with me and Joanne, and I embellish. Like you know, it is true when I says when I say and she said you're an idiot because she always calls me an idiot. But some of my other my no. my setup is uh, my setups are sometimes. In, not embellished, but as as you know, for the for the for the thing of the for the sense of the joke, sometimes you got to just switch up a little, a few facts. Embellish. Exactly. Now, how often do yeah. you write? Do you do you are you someone who sits down and writes, or do you, does it just pop into your mind? Or no, just if something comes to me. But like, here's another example. Um, I tweeted. I once tweeted, um, how can you never say win some, lose some when you win? (laughs) (laughs) So it's not really a laugh out loud joke, but people responded to it online. So, but I can say it sometimes in my act. I don't know. It's a really hard question, but um, I like, I really like writing on social media, but as I said earlier, I've been putting my name at the end of my jokes. Right, because the whole thing happened. But, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like, so many people don't remember, you know, like, the jokes. It's like, I was thinking the other day, like, no one ever gets credit for what we call stock jokes. I wonder who wrote those jokes. You know, like, those old, great jokes. We never know who I wrote know. them. And they're so funny. And everyone uses them. But I bet somewhere... There was, like, 20 years ago when the comedy started really, really booming, there was probably some old guy in, like, somewhere in, like, some nursing home in, in Jupiter, Florida, just <laughs> pissed as shit because people were doing his bits, and, and people were like, you didn't write that. Isn't it weird when you think about, like, the, that whole part? Like, a one-liner you can track to someone. But these old jokes, you can't track anyone because we don't know who wrote them. Well, there's a... Um a video called Old Jews Telling Jokes. It's on YouTube. And it's all these old Jews, Jewish people telling old jokes. 
and you're going, well, they didn't write them, but they're hilarious. Somebody wrote them. I know. I just want to know who finally wrote them. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried has that special where he does all those old jokes, and it's hysterical. And you're thinking, who wrote all these jokes? And he can tell a joke. I mean, this was, I was like hunched over dying just because, you know, his style of telling a joke. It's just, and then for him to tell these old classic jokes, and then he goes into James Mason telling the jokes, and it's just old jokes or something. Right. Are you a fan of, the, have you, have you? Wait, James Mason was a comedian? No, no. Gilbert Gottfried does a James Mason impersonation. Oh, so, so oh. Yeah, because okay. yeah, after family didn't do well, James Mason said, I got to get a side gig. <laughs> well, I didn't know John Adams was a stand-up comedian, the guy on Get Smart. I did not either. Now, have Yeah, you, he started stand-up. Have you ever told, do you ever tell old jokes? Like, if you're out, like, when people say, hey, Wendy, tell us a joke. Do you ever tell, like, an old joke? I've never done that, but Caroline Ray told me a joke that I tell sometimes. It's so funny. I like Should to, I tell it now? I would like to hear it. Okay. So a man goes to his doctor and he said, my wife is going deaf. I don't know what to do. Uh, and the doctor's like, how deaf? And he's like, I don't know. And the doctor said, okay, well, when you get home tonight, shut the door and say something. If she doesn't hear you, walk 10 feet away, 10 feet closer, and keep saying something to her until she can hear you. And then we'll know how deaf she is. So he goes, hi, honey, I'm home. Ooh, that smells good. What is that? Nothing. So he walks 10 feet closer. He goes, ooh, that smells delicious. What are you making? Nothing. He does it two more times. Finally, he says, he's right next to her. He goes, sweetheart, what are you making for dinner? And she goes, for the fifth fucking time, it's chicken. Yeah, that's a funny joke. Am I the only one laughing? No, I laughed. You can't. I, every time I laugh, I, I I have a little bit of a cough, so I don't want to laugh too hard. I, <laughs> I don't want to sit there and. and no, I, I guess I didn't tell it well. No, you told it fine. Don't be so self conscious. It's only me and you. And no, I, but I'm not like a joke teller. No, but you're but you're a you're a comedian, and you you're always funny. So that's that's what I'm talking about. People, that's what I'm talking about. No, I don't know about that, but but I I think that's a skill. Oh, the joke telling is a skill. I mean, just uh -huh. amazing. Some people can tell a joke great. You know, it's like people can tell oh my God. wonderful stories. I think the best joke I ever saw being told was on um, the show. It was Pulpit Fence's show, The Green Room. And right. it was Pendulette telling a joke. And I'm not saying anything else other than just yet to check it out. <laughs> it's just the funniest rendition of, of an old joke being retold that I've ever heard. I need to check it out because I, somewhere I, Paul gave me, when he was on my show, he gave me the first season DVD of The Green Room. So I got to go check that out. Awesome. So so now what's coming up? You, so do you have any new, do you have any, are you going, on the, road, are you going on the road soon or what's going on? What's, what's going on? Because we got to wrap up soon. I'm, I want to find out what you're yes, doing. I'm what sorry. are you doing, Wendy Lehman? What are you doing? What am I doing? Well, I'm opening for Robert Klein on March 11th, and I'm excited about that. That's in Glendale. Oh, wow. So I'm the, very at, excited about At the that. Alex Theater? I know. Is it at the Alex Theater? I think so. I'm, I'll double check. I'm going to hit up my friend very Elisa. excited about that. My friend Elisa runs that place. Okay. I'm going to get comps, and me and Joey are going to come out. 
effect of being there. Exactly. So you're doing that. Um, now, how exciting is that? Because he's such a legend. I've met him a couple of times. I've opened for him before on the road, once in Chicago and Arizona. And uh, he's lovely. He's a really nice guy. Very funny. And so many people uh, started, I don't know, because of him, but following him, he's like a legend. So, yes, I'm very excited to be working with Robert Klein. And um, doing my locally grown comedy show January 31st and February 28th. And, uh, yeah, doing shows here and there. I'll put them on my website, wendyleaven.com. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a great new year. I hope your listeners have a wonderful 2017. It's already been good. I found $20 already. See that? That's, that's a good, that's a good year. It was just sitting there. I was, I was looking around. Nobody was just sitting there in the tip jar at Starbucks. (laughs) I, I, I want you to take those tips. They don't deserve those tips. I'm, (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, I'm tired. I was, I was a cook for years. We never got tips. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, what is your Twitter? I, I was I was an assistant chef. Joanne always gets mad because years ago I worked at a restaurant when I was in college and they had me become the assistant chef because the chef wanted to get on the floor and be the maitre d'. So the assistant chef became the chef and I made a pasta pesto that the Philadelphia Inquirer raved about when they re- reviewed the restaurant. And I always tell her to Joanne when she says, I'm cooking tonight. And I go, you know, I'm world-renowned because the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote me up. And she says, <laughs> she says, stop stop living in the past. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you should bottle that pepto sauce. I know. So I forget how to make it, though. That was so long ago. So what, what's your what's your Twitter? Tell people your Twitter. It's at Wendy Liebman. And Liebman is L-I-E-B-M-A-N. And, and, at Wendy Liebman. And now do you have a Facebook fan page? Um, I do. It's just my name, and there's a picture of me uh, for the the judges from America's Got Talent because I was on that show a couple of years ago. I know you talked to me right after that. It was great. I want to thank. That's right. I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad we got to do this. Uh, it's a yearly Wendy Liebman biz, but I always look forward to it because you're always just a fun person to talk to. So people follow her on Twitter, follow her on Facebook, look her up on YouTube. Go find her show on Amazon, the special. I've seen it. I saw it was, was, was on TV originally. So go do that. And also, I'm going to be mad at you. And also, follow me on Twitter. That's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Go to my website, coopertalk.net. There's 580 episodes up there. Uh, you can email me, cooper, at coopertalk.net. I will get back to you. Words with friends and Instagram, coopertalk1. Instagram is mostly just promotion of the show and food pictures. Because if you go to StopTheSalt.com, you can get my cookbook called Stop the Salt. You know, 120 low-sodium recipes without killing yourself. Easy to cook stuff. No pictures to intimidate you. No long list of ingredients. If you don't have cumin, don't worry. You don't need cumin. You're not going to do it. It's good. You can go there. You eat healthy because the new year, you want to feel good. You don't want to go through your health problems. You can get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. But if you get it from me, I get more money and I sign up for you. That's Stop the Salt. So remember... Go follow Wendy Lehman. She always tweets. It's always funny. Follow me on Twitter at CooperTalk. CooperTalk.net for past episodes. Great guests coming this year. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, 
Take your vitamins. Happy, happy new year. Have a killer day. And I will talk to you next week.